None of the information conveyed on this podcast or in this episode are should be considered financial advice. Invest at your own risk. It's happening. Season 2 of Life Below Your Means. Oh man, we're early too. It's not even November yet, but we're starting Season 2. Hello, my name is Gerald and I want to thank you so much for showing up today. In these episodes, I'll always speak directly to you and never ask anything of you. But oh man... Guys, those eye bonds are starting to look pretty dang good. So if you guys know, I'm sure you do, it's everywhere. Inflation is picking up. And what does that mean for us? Well, it means opportunity, but it also means a whole lot of fear. <laughs> So we're going to start with the opportunity. The first good opportunity that I see is I-bonds. And what is an I-bond? Well, an I-bond is a savings bond issued by the federal government. Um, and what does that mean to you? Well, that means that short of the federal government defaulting on their debt or the dollar going to nothing, dropping to zero, um, you will get your return back. Your money is safe. Very, very, very safe. Okay, but the difference between an I-bond and a normal savings bond is that an I-bond is the, the interest you receive is set to inflation. And this is reported inflation, right? This isn't actual inflation. This is reported inflation. Those inflation numbers that the Fed is always talking about and announcing, um, that is what it's set to. All right, so right now, inflation, like I said, year-to-date is around 5%, but the I-bond interest rate uh, is currently 3.54%, which is awesome, guys. Honestly, it's awesome. Okay, think about this. You have all your money, right? Y you're going to need it in the next five years or so, so you don't want to put it in the market, but you won't need it for a couple years. What do you do to it? What do you do with it? You don't just let it sit in the bank. If inflation is boosting up and we can get good rates on our I-bonds, put it in an I-bond. And the reason for that is you only have to leave the money in the I-bond for one year. And then you can access that cash. Then you can pull it out. Sure, you will get penalized slightly. Um, and this will be a penalty on your interest. It won't touch the principal. So if you were to take it out after one year, you would receive a penalty to the interest that you gained. But um, I don't think the penalty is very substantial. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. The penalty is the last three months of interest. And this is if you pull it out before it's five years old. But it's still very much worth it, even if you can only keep it in for a year, I believe, just to leave it in for that year, make a little bit of interest because you are making nothing with your money sitting in the bank right now um, because they're giving you such a low rate of return. And it's only 3.54% right now, which is actually pretty good re return for the I-bond, but I think it's going to go up even further. They adjust it every six months or so. I don't know where the market's going. I think we're going to potentially see some type of recession in the next five years. So I'm saving a good chunk of my cash, just keeping it on hand, waiting for that recession that may or may not be coming. And while I'm waiting for that recession, I threw it all into I-bonds, because why not? Let's try to get a couple percentage here and there instead of just letting our cash sit, sit around and see what happens. All right, as I said earlier, um, the interest that you're getting on your I-bond, it's not set to actual inflation, it's set to reported inflation. And so inflation is reported using a formula that looks at um, 
consumer goods, oil, things like that. Um, there are flaws with the calculation, is what a lot of people say, um, that makes it artificially low, potentially, which is interesting. And then there's other fa factors such as shrinkflation, which everybody's talking about right now, um, where products aren't becoming more expensive, they're just getting smaller. <laughs> So instead of getting 10 ounces, now you only get nine ounces in, in whatever you're buying, for example. Um, and the reason consumer, or the reason uh, sellers do this is, or producers, I guess, do this is because they're, they're either trying to cut their costs or just like stay, stay afloat. Um, and instead of increasing prices and alarming the consumer, they try to decrease the size of their product by, by a very small amount so they hopefully won't notice and it won't affect de demand for the product and it actually works out pretty well but the problem is is that it doesn't go into the calculation of reported inflation so we don't we don't see our our um our interest rates from the i bonds go up as a result of shrinkflation which is a bummer for us <laughs> and so one thing you also have to remember is that the, the Federal Reserve and the federal government, they mainly the Federal Reserve, I guess, they want that inflation rate to be as low as possible. I mean, they said they're aiming for 2%, whatever, but they don't want inflation to be high because when inflation is high, people freak out. And we don't want that. It shakes up the market. Bad things happen. And, and, and for good reason, too, because if we look at back at the 80s, um, we do not want a repeat repeat of the 80s where inflation got extremely high. And to combat that inflation, the Federal Reserve bumped up interest rates. And it, it just had a catastrophic result. The growth, growth slowed. I mean, you guys know what happens when you when you bump up interest rates. Terrible, terrible things. <laughs> so the market does not... The market is hooked on this cheap money, right? Uh, zero percent interest rate, free money. Everybody gets it. They can borrow it, spend it, do whatever. If you tell them that you're going to take away their free money, they're not going to be happy about that, guys. They're not going to be happy about that. Um, but it, it just higher interest rates, slow growth. That's what it does. But if you abruptly raise interest rates, you may see a recession as a result or something catastrophic like that. So that is why the Federal Reserve um, wants you to believe that that the inflation isn't here to stay, that it's transitory, um, which funny enough, I didn't know transitory and transient, those two words. I did not know those words until Powell started talking about inflation on the television. <laughs> I swear to you, I did not know those words. So that's funny. But um, so, so he's trying to make it seem like inflation will not stick around. Whether or not it will remains to be seen. I'm not sure. I believe it will stick around. But and also they want it to be reported lower than it actually is. If they can figure out a way to do that. And by manipulating the formula, I think they potentially have. We'd have to really delve into the formula, and that just sounds like a bad time, so we're not going to do that. Um, but just remember that with I-bonds, you're not actually getting that actual um, return based on actual inflation. 
it's unreported inflation. So if you guys can think of an investment or a product or anything that is correlated to inflation, actual inflation, not reported inflation, please let me know because I want to buy it all right now. <laughs> I did a lot of research on this um, there, and I could not find an asset or anything that's correlated closely with or that has a good correlation with real inflation. And it's hard to even know what real inflation is. <laughs> so that makes it even more difficult. But yeah, I don't know, throw your guys' asset ideas at me and, and I'll do some research on them. Gold and silver are not a good option. People always say, oh, I'm using it as a hedge against um, inflation. It is not a hedge against inflation. All gold and silver are um, is a hedge against bad times. Bad times, not inflation. <laughs> All right, I quickly want to look at some of the predictions I've made. Um, so if we if we look at the first one here, Bitcoin, I said we're going to have another downturn eventually in the market, and it appears to have come. It's dropped from 64K from the all-time high down to 32K, which is a very substantial drop. Um, and I, I think... Personally, I think it's going to keep dropping. I have no idea if it will or won't, or I don't claim to be able to predict it. But I will say that even if it does not continue to drop, we will not see all-time highs for two to three years. That's my prediction. That's the hard prediction I'm making. We're either going to keep dropping or have a period of consolidation before we really get back into another um, bull market and see all-time highs again. That is my prediction. And then if we look at Chevron and Exxon, they've done very, very well. I sold out a little bit early or very, very early. But guys, whenever um, oil prices are low, you know what's going to happen. They're going to go back up. <laughs> and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. The, the reason for that is because um, when oil prices are low, you have fracking companies going out of business because... Um, it's not worth it for them to, to, to frack. You have OPEC freaking out and um, lowering supply. So if oil prices are low, they will always go back up. At least in the short to midterm. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Because I think we'll see another opportunity in the next 10 years to take advantage of low oil prices. And when I say that, I mean to buy Chevron or Exxon or one of those big oil and gas companies and make a good 30-40% on our investment. Short of that, I think that's pretty much it for, for this episode. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'm happy to be back. If you're looking at the podcast, then uh, rate me on the podcast, please. If you're looking at YouTube, click that subscribe button if you feel like it. Other than that, I don't know. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Buy some I-bonds. How about that?